0: I robbed $15, $18 million with the mob. Mm-hmm. I ended up doing four 12-year sentences. I was in maximum security prisons. I was tortured in prison. Mm-hmm. I ended up in the
1: hole for three years. So what's the most expensive diamond you stole and how much planning went into that? Good questions. Uh, most expensive single diamond, probably
0: 150000 But I, I robbed the whole store. <laughs> you know, when I, when I robbed the store, the guy's out of business. I mean, he liked me it's a fact you know the the, the store owners didn't hate me because they have insurance insurance man they sold their whole store in one shot they got out of the business they They got hey (laughs) even if they didn't they got a lot more than they would have had they had a piece of jewelry on their shelf for two years sold (laughs) you know
1: Welcome to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I'm here with an amazing guest today for you guys, Larry Lawton. How's it thanks, going?
0: Thanks for having me, Sean. Glad to be your amazing young man.
1: Absolutely, man. So a lot of people probably know you, but for those who don't, I love you. Give a quick summary of your, your story. Uh, you know, I, I did a lot of time. I'm the big, I'm known as the biggest jewel robber in the United States
0: ever. Uh, I robbed 15 to $18 million with the mob. I would not tell on anybody. Mm-hmm. I ended up doing four 12 year sentences. Uh, run concurrent. I was in maximum security prisons I was tortured in prison. Mm. I ended up getting uh, uh, in the hole for three years. I was in solitary confinement for three years. I ended up getting a, a law degree. I can't be a lawyer. Mm. I have the credits uh, because I'm a convicted felon mm. uh, but I'm today now I developed the number one program that helps young people around the, around the world actually. My program is used by the federal government, court systems, police agencies, families all over the world, and I'm also the only ex-con in the United States who's an honorary police officer, and the only ex-con in the United States who's recognized on the floor of the United States Congress Wow! to this day. And that—that that, it's kind of surreal sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, you say, is that me? Because I'm still a street guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where I'll always be, because I, I was born and raised in the Bronx, New York, mm. so, you know, we, I come from the streets, you know? Right. So that's pretty much in a nutshell. I have a book, Gangster Redemption, a best-selling book. I have another book coming out called uh, Prison Cookbook, uh, cook with Larry Law. And I have mm. a cookbook. It's amazing, all done in, like prison style <laughs> with stingers and and uh, items. People go, wow, it's wild. So mm. that's coming out in August. We just put it on pre-release, and it's going crazy. And then uh, I also have the, a program that parents buy for their kids that is online as well.
1: Nice. How was the food in prison? Like, what if you're a vegetarian? Do they have different options? <laughs> There's no options. I think everybody's a vegetarian,
0: Sean. Uh, matter of fact, that's true. It's a great question. It wasn't asked to me. I was in Atlanta, USP Atlanta. We had a murder a month for 18 months. That's the USP Atlanta. Wow. Uh, very bad prison. At the time, it was the worst prison in the United States. I quit eating meat then mm. because I ate meat. First of all, this is in 1997, mm-hmm. and I ate meat from 1992. Whoa, yeah, five years old, and it literally had on the box "Desert Storm." They had "Desert Storm" and "Desert Shield" uh, was back, you know, way in the 90s. Early it was the Iraq-Iran War and all of that. Yeah. So we we had the boxes. They gave the meat. The meat was such poor quality. They take it off like near the bone of the of the cow, and There'd be bone in it. Mm. And I chipped the tooth, and it,
1: it, it was the worst. i think about that and almost want to, you know, wow. it's terrible, man. Yeah, that's awful, man. And when you got to prison, like, what was that like? Where were you at mentally, and how did you survive? I mean, that's crazy. You know, survival in prison is a mindset,
0: obviously. Yeah, I, I, I was big, strong, a thousand push ups in, in, in an hour, a thousand crunches in, in the same hour. Oh. But it's not about that, Sean. It's about mental. Uh, I was prepared. I knew I was going to go. When I was doing my crimes, I never thought I'd either see 50. I'm 61. Mm. So I never thought I would see 50. Uh, I went to prison. I had connections, obviously, with the mob. I was with the Gambinos. Mm -hmm. And I went to prison. So kind of like fell right into that crew. Right. Uh, But it's still survival. I've seen stuff that will make your your skin crawl. Man, get his cut from the top of his until his. by two people and uh, boiling water with a chocolate bar and olive oil in a bowl, boiled and thrown in a guy's face. His face was peeling. Jeez. So I see some crazy, crazy stuff. And your your mindset though has to be survival. Mm-hmm. What people don't understand about prison, Sean, is your first year to two years, you don't even really nothing processes
2: mm-hmm.
0: in that kind of environment. I'm in a maximum security prison. And, uh, and even as a, a white guy in a maximum security prison, I'm minority. You know, I tell black friends of mine, you know, we'll, we'll all hang out. And I go, you don't know what it's like to, man, you're a white guy. Man, you don't know what it's like to be prejudiced. I said, hold on. Mm. I was in prison with 15% white. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm a minority. You're never going to be white, I tell them. <laughs> so you don't know what it's like. So I know both sides. And that's why I, I have no prejudices in me. I don't, I don't. uh
1: Judge anybody. I mean, period. I don't care what it is, Mm. and I, I think that's the best gift my parents gave me too. Right? Did people try to test you in prison since you were outnumbered? Sure, people are going to test everybody in prison, Mm. whether you're outnumbered or not. I was in one
0: jail, and I walk into the jail. This is after Hurricane Andrew, which is 1992. Mm -hmm. I walk into Miami Dade County Jail. There was no electric, no nothing. I mean, you know, there wasn't anything there. It was a jail, Mm -hmm. and had no electric after the hurricane. So they had 32 guys in a 16-man pod. This is just one place I was in. Mm. I was the only Caucasian in the whole place. Mm-hmm. So I've been around. I know what time it is. They had this TV show called Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. It was on TV. Now they have what they call a house man. So I walk into the cell. I know they all look at me. I say, I know what I have to do. I walk up to that TV and I turn the channel. I said, the first man who opens his mouth, boom, I'm going to hit him, and I do. Mm. He doesn't go down, and I can hit. <laughs> Boy, did we get to fighting. I couldn't even – I thought I, he I, 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 I busted my windpipe. Uh, my hand was broke. I mean, I was bloodied, and, you know, they come in, they take us apart. And, yeah. Uh, thank God, because he was getting better than me, <laughs> and uh, they threw me out. The next day, Sean – they put me back in that same pot. Jeez. He looked at me. I looked at him. He was a convict. It's called being a convict or an inmate. And he, he knew what I did. And he goes, you're all right. Mm. And we were cool. And he was what they call the house man, being the kind of inmate that runs that pot. Okay. Not, and that's even from the guard's perspective. They'll like to dish out the food and stuff like that. Wow. And this is a county jail. And uh, he threw a guy off one of the bunks. He gave me that bunk. <laughs> i mean it was 16 bucks there's 30 guys in it wow and uh so you know he knew it i knew it so you're going to be tested it's mm. how you whether you lose or win doesn't have anything to do with it really a lot of people think that oh i gotta win nope i've seen a kid get <laughs> kicked two three times in a row People say, man that kid is a warrior he's good with us now wow and it took that because you showed heart right you show your internal fortitude you know. You don't quit, you don't cower, you, you fight. And, and you, again, I get kids that say, Man, I never
1: lost a fight. I say, Really? You never fought the right guy.
2: Mm. Yeah,
1: really? There's always someone better. Absolutely. So you're pretty much supposed to assert dominance as soon as you enter prison. It's not about certain
0: dominance, it's about uh, standing your ground or mm. not accepting disrespect towards right. you. You know, I often tell young people, You wanna go to prison, you want the most respect you'll ever see is in prison. Because mm. if you bump into somebody, You better say excuse me, Mm. because if you don't, fight. (laughs) You you could get wow. See, you know the difference between a penitentiary and a, let's say, a medium security prison or a low. And I've been to a medium. That's the lowest I've ever got. But there's like a camp, a low, a medium, and a high. Mm -hmm. The difference between a, let's say, a medium and a high, is there's less fighting and more stabbing and more. More serious violence. The high ones have stabbing. Yeah. Oh, the, there's more people. Hmm. Yeah. You. you know what I mean? It's you know I often tell people you know let's say you and I went to prison, and you weren't around. I say, oh Sean, I'm gonna teach you the ropes. You know how do you know how there's tension in this prison? Look at what people are wearing on their feet. Hmm. If they have flip flops on, I'm not worried about this place. If everybody's walking around in sneakers and boots, be careful. Wow. Keep an eye on what people are wearing. You'll see them a shirt. You know, come up and you'll see a magazine there. Mm. That's body armor. Mm. You'll also go to... I'll say, come on, show. We're going to shower. Not to do anything, obviously. But you go in the shower. You you walk the shower. You take your boots off. You get in. I'm outside the shower. I see three guys come and I hit the wall. Mm. You put your boots on and get your shank. Wow. You're ready to go. Because I watched the kid not do that. He was stabbed up in the shower. Fell down. Covered the drain. And the blood was going all down the tier oh my gosh and uh people don't get the real prisons you know i often tell i, I don't dramatize i don't scare i don't have a scared straight but i don't believe in that mm-hmm. i tell the truth uh you want to go and play around today you want to really cross uh the the line so to speak the united states is very very bad prison system mm. a lot of people don't know that it's got one of the worst in the, in, in the free world. And I'm talking about, like, Germany, France, Italy, France, Spain, Canada, mm-hmm. uh, all uh, Germany, all of those countries have better prison systems than the United States. We don't care about it. It's a mm-hmm. shame. Our country does not care about its own citizens in, in, in that kind of way. Right. And, Sean, a great thing was told to me once, and this is the truth, a country should be judged on how it handles its elderly, it's infirmed, and it's incarcerated. Mm you handle them with the right respect and every you got you know you're doing the right things just because they don't have a voice they're abused mm. and that's kind of sad like the elderly we don't yeah. handle elderly too well uh, even infirm we have a pretty our medical system is you know if you're poor you can be bankrupt yeah you can't that that doesn't
1: happen in other countries yeah it's super expensive you mentioned you were tortured in prison was that from other inmates or from the guards no i w- it was guards I was fighting the abuses. I ended up getting my
0: law degree. I used to fight the system a lot. And I was in the hole a lot. Well, I was exposing the prison for a couple of inmates. Mm-hmm. They through medical care. There's an article out there. I compare the prison to Abu Ghraib. Abu Ghraib was the prison in Iraq where the Americans would torture an Iraqi prison. This is a big thing back in the day. Mm. Uh, well, I was taken to the hole. I was in there for 11 straight months. Jeez. And you go crazy. Yeah. There's no question. Solitary confinement is one of the worst things you can do to a human being. We're,
1: we're, we're communicators. We're people. Yeah. People. So you didn't talk to anyone for 11 months?
0: Nobody. I mean, the guard that walked by, you'd end up telling them to go f- themselves <laughs> and everything else. Yeah. And uh, it was funny because, I mean, funny. People asked me. I was taken out of my cell, strapped down naked. They they came in my cell. Hmm. They would beat out of me, breaking ribs. Now you're dead. You don't even know. They take you out of the cell, strip you naked, and literally four point you naked on a slab. Whoa. And I had a guard stand over my face and, man, look at me. I'm going to get goosebumps. Uh, piss in my face Jeez. and say, keep writing, Senators Lawton. Keep writing, Senators. Because I was writing. I ended up learning that the pen is mightier than the sword. Mm. Uh, I had a guard spit, you know. They, this is how I'm, I'm four pointed, and you know at that point you're you're pretty you your brain i ended up uh people would say you know when you were fighting them cuz i went crazy
2: mm-hmm.
0: and did you what well, was that the most point you when you're scared i said no the worst part you have is when they open the tier door you know you're in a cell and they have a tier mm-hmm. well they even locked the tier door when they lock that your door, unlock it, and you hear them, they hear the chains rattle, and you know they're coming to your cell. Mm. That 30 seconds, 40 seconds. Because when they come down the tier, Sean, if they don't say, Cuff up, Lawton, Cuff up, you have to put your hands through the food slot that opens, and then they huff if you ever watched the prison movie. Mm. And if they don't say, Cuff up, they're going to beat you. They're going to throw. It. You know, I love guys who think they're tough. Oh, yeah, I'm a. Martial arts. I'm a (laughs) MMA. I did a lot of that stuff. Let me tell you something. It means when five guys rush your cell in this little compartment. And they geared up. So I've been concussion grenaded. What's up? That's when they drop a concussion grenade in the cell. And the equilibrium out of your ear, you go boom. You fall straight down. I've been uh, shocked with with, uh, the shields. I've been maced. That man, you know, they hit you right in the face, and you're on the floor, knots coming out of your nose, you're in a fetal position, and uh, and so I've been gassed, I've been shocked, I've been concussion grenaded and I will tell you what, there isn't a thing you can do about it. You know, you think, oh, I wrote senators, I have letters from senators. If if I wasn't writing the people that I was writing, mm-hmm. I. Truly believe to this day, I wouldn't be sitting here; I'd be dead. Wow! (laughs) But I ended up bringing enough attention on the prison, with with my family and friends, too. Right. That they couldn't just get rid of me at that point, because then it would have been they would have known somebody would have. So, what were you writing to them? Just like Uh, I was writing, I was writing uh, letters to like I was in South Carolina at the time, a prison called Edgefield, and uh, terrible prison. New looked beautiful. It was like a torture chamber. Mm-hmm. And when they put me in the hole and they started this, I wouldn't quit because they f- friends of mine medical. Mm. One of my friends was having chest pains, arm pains. He goes to medical. They say you know go. He's still having a week later. Mm. The guard he works for in what they call CMS, it's like the prison maintenance. Says man, Arch, you look terrible. Get 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 to medical. Mm. He walks into medical. They give him Maalox and say, you got gas. Get out of here. And he walks back to the cell. Myself and this other guy named Jimmy Brown are standing there watching the TV. There are two TVs. Mm-hmm. And he walks in and he's pale. Mm. He says, I'm dying. We put him in a chair. He goes over and dies right there. Whoa. Right in front of us. I don't know if you've ever seen a man die. I've seen many. When a person dies, the first thing that happens is they're... Everything that's in them, it comes out. They, you know, they soil themselves, if you want to call it. Yeah. Piss and, and whatever. And so he, he falls down, and then the guard sees it, and we're trying to help him, and they go, Lock down, lock down! Everybody will run to their cells. And they hit what they call the deuces. People go, what's the deuces? The deuces is the little button they have on their radio. When they hit that button, everybody comes running. Mm. The reason they call it the deuces, a lot of people don't know this, the reason they call it the deuces is because in every phone in the prison, if you hit two two two, mm-hmm. it's like those a button. Mm-hmm. So they'll come running to that phone. Mm. All the guards in the whole facility. Mm. So they hit the deuces and they lock us all in our cells, and they caught them away, and they were laughing. Sean, wow. I was my cell was near the door, and I and we had this like little window, like that that wide, you know, not not real windows. And I'm looking out that window, and I could see them put him on like a golf cart in the back of a golf cart. You know, it had like a little uh, flat spot. Mm-hmm. And they didn't give, they didn't try to give him CPR. They didn't. They were laughing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were must talking about something else or whatever. And boy, that that to this day that pisses me off. And what happened was they, they come to every cell, and they said, "Well, you saw him hit his head, right? Mm-hmm. Hit his head. You mm-hmm. that." as quick as somebody stab him, and boy they didn't like that and they put me in the hole to try to shut me up and i'm pretty stubborn (laughs) so i i I wouldn't be shut up and that's why i actually compare the prison i was in to abu Ghraib, and an article i wrote an article to a a magazine Mm -hmm. and they publish it and boy from then on then i got uh People involved, like senators, Senator. In fact, Senator Lindsey Graham, Senator Hillary Clinton from New York, she was a senator at the time. Mm. Uh, 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 Bill Posey, uh, not Bill Posey, uh, there was a guy named McCallum, there's mm. a couple other senators and congressmen from, oh, Debbie Wasame Schultz, she was from Fort Lauderdale, because I lived in Fort Lauderdale. So a lot of them, I was starting to write politicians, because I found out the prison system can match your violence. They don't care about how tough you are. Mm-hmm. They don't care what you do. They're going to beat you. They're going to win. Mm. They don't like the pen. Right. You know, and uh, so I, I understood
1: that. And I think that's a turning point in my whole life, too. Right. What well, do you think the way to fix a prism system is? Because it seems like a lot of the issues are from the guards, right? Well, you know, I don't know. Well,
0: part of it's guards, obviously,
1: hiring and training the right people.
0: I mean, you can't... Uh, there's no qualifications to be a, ball, uh, a guard. High school diploma. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you have to have that. So they're getting people who can't get a job anywhere else, mm-hmm. have power issues or whatever. There's zero psychological training to get in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get the wrong guy with, with keys and the power. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an old saying, Sean, and if you ever heard of the Stanford study, it was a study they did at Stanford University in 1971 where they took the class and they split them up from prisoners to inmates. Mm-hmm. Did you know how to stop the study in eight days? Because the prison the guard the students were abusing the inmates. Wow. And that's a study. It's called the Stanford study if anyone wants to look it up. Um, so there's an old saying power corrupts absolutely. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm. So but to fix the system what you said, I'm not saying it's just the guards it's policies, it's training, it's the people in leadership positions when they know things are happening, they still do nothing about it. It's like policing. How do you fix policing? Well, if the police won't police themselves, how is the public to believe they're gonna police us, you know, without abusing people? You don't think listen, if you take a corporation mm-hmm. and there's two hundred employees, you know, I have employees, I'm sure you had employees, the whole works. You know who to screw up is, and all your, your, the people who work for you know who to screw up is. Mm. Well, you have a police department with three hundred cops. I expect there to be bad cops.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not blaming the police department for that. Right. I mean, you take a collective apple of any company, there's going to be bad people. Right. But when you know they're bad and you leave them there,
2: mm.
0: and you don't do anything about it, that's what I mean by policing yourself. Right. You take a police department with three hundred people. They have two, three. Uh, if it, Some people say it's 10%.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not even saying that high. 10% would be 30 bad cops. Let's just say it's 1%. Mm-hmm. Okay? So if you have three bad cops in that place, you don't think everybody else know who they are? Mm. Of course they do. Yeah. So they know who the one's doing the bad sh- And they don't police themselves. They cover it up. So that's when you become a organization that it's an us against them. That's why we have a policing problem, right? Because they don't want to police themselves. Same with guards or same with the, the prison system. The best way we can stop prison, uh, fix our own prison system is two main things need to happen. We need to get rid of private prisons, for profit prisons. Mm. How do you give a company money and say, "I want you to guard these thousand inmates"? Now, you're going to cut costs because mm-hmm. you're a business. Right. You, you want to put things. You're not going to give overtime if it's needed to your own guards. You're not going to give the programs needed that, that someone needs to get out and get mm-hmm. help. You're going to cut back on the food, on medicine. Mm-hmm. And it happens all the time. So private prisons are gone. They, they should be out. They, there's no way any country or government and people, we the people or the government, should pay people to incarcerate another person. But second way they can do it is they have to have an independent. And I say independent. They have a thing called the the uh, ACCR, American Credit, ACA, American Accreditation Association. Mm -hmm. What a crock. Mm. They used to come into the prison, Sean. They knew when they were coming. They would make the inmates paint the walls. They would put the best food up. They'd come in for two days. They would hide guys like me mm. or people in the hole that are being abused, where they couldn't see them. And uh, then they come and look. We got we're accredited, accredited. Take that piece of paper and wipe <laughs> with, because it, it's nothing. Now, if you put an independent board together, and I, I often talk about this, I can actually do this for free. Mm. You take a person like myself, former inmate. You take a former guard a former medical personnel on a prison system, maybe a former warden, they have to have the right, they have to have the right credentials on the team. And now we, this team, would have autonomy, would be able to go into any, let's say it's the federal government, any federal prison they want at any time they want, mm. show up at 2 in the morning on a Sunday. Right. Now, what would happen they would set this up. The first prison that says, no, oh, we don't let it do you know a United States Senator or a United States Congressman, that's there's there's four hundred and thirty five senators in the United uh Congressman in the United States, there's hundred senators. That's five hundred and thirty five people of the legislative branch of the United States, the three branches of the United States government, hmm. massive. The five hundred and thirty five the most powerful people in this country. Did you know not one of them could just go up to a prison and go in? Not one of them are allowed to go in that prison without a whole uh, clearance, this, talk to this guy, talk to this. So if I'm a senator, I say, I want to go and visit that prison. I give you the money for it. I want it to go. Uh, We'll have to set that up, senator. Mm. They cannot go into that prison. Wow. Now, we need that changed where a team can go in. Now, I go up to that door in that prison, and and they refuse to let me in. First thing would happen. They put a memo out, hey, there's this team that can go into any prison if they come with the right credentials. They have to be led into that prison at that minute. The first prison I go to, and they don't let that happen, Sean, whoever's the leading person on that on that prison gets fired. On the spot, no pension, everything's done. You lose your pension, you lose everything, and you were running that prison at that time. You knew it was coming, not coming. You knew the memo, you didn't read it or whatever training they got. Hey, beforehand, if there's a special team, if they ever show up here, if you don't, you will lose your job, you will lose pay. It's going to happen. Because some wardens say, I don't care who they are, nobody comes into my prison. Oh, really, fired on the spot. You know what would happen in the next prison? They'd be let in. Mm. Immediately. Now, once they're in that prison, Sean, I would know where to go. See, if I put you on my team, mm-hmm. what would you do? You wouldn't know where to go. Right. I could teach you, say, well, you can go here, every prison is built like this. You know you're going to know. You wouldn't know how to talk to the inmates to find out the problems.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I would. They would talk to me. Mm. They're not going to uh, uh, hide from me. Right. I, and, and people say, well, they won't because the prison ain't going to beat them. No, no, no. You set up a system. I set up a system that we have a, a person in our office. That calls every day and, and talks to that inmate and finds out the minute you can't call. And if he wants to transfer, he goes to any prison he wants. And we can monitor him so the prisoners are able to talk. Mm. Now, the prisoners are going to b**** too. I would, I would know it's b**** not. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I could talk to a person in a hole and find out why you're in the hole. The hole, they call it the hole. It's also called special housing issue. S H U, which is special housing unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the box, the hole. There's a bunch of names used for it. It is. The wor- it's proven to be one of the worst things you could do to a human being.
1: Wow, Isolation. Because it was
0: such. It was such social animals. Right. And uh, but and people go crazy. You know, there was a kid on a yard. I used to talk to him all the time. Nice guy. Uh, about mid thirties. You know, maybe thirty five. I I went in at thirty four. I got out at forty six. So mm-hmm. I was in a long time, but. And this guy was a young guy, nice guy. Well, he goes to the hole. He was in the hole approximately, I don't know, a year maybe. Mm-hmm. I saw him in the hole. This man went absolutely crazy. He was taking a feces out of his ass and writing on the wall, demonic stuff.
1: Whoa.
0: I mean, I mean the stuff I saw... He would, what they call jack the chute, which means the food chute where they put you, you know, in. He'd put his arm through it. So one time they broke his arm by slamming it Jeez. closed. Uh, he went crazy, and uh, it went crazy because of the hole. He was a normal guy I talked to. Matter of fact, I don't even know his crime because you don't know a lot of people's crimes. But mm. he was a good dude. He used he's to bet with me. I, had a, I was a bookie in prison, too. I had to make money. So, and... Uh, he, you know, come and bat you know, football tickets and stuff. We, you know, hustle, to so yeah. speak.
1: So, you know, people go crazy, and it, wow. it's sad. It's a sad place. A yeah. So you went through a lot of traumatic experiences. You probably major PTSD, right? <laughs> Me, <Yeah. laughs> I, I do, but you know, <laughs> this is, don't
0: even. We could stay here for hours because that's another topic. The government has lied to us forever. Mm. To this day, they're using mushrooms. They're using LSD. As some of the best PTSD, you know, for helping PTSD mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. But they lied to everybody for the last 40 years saying, oh, how bad all this right. stuff is for you. You know, it's like pot. Pot was supposed to be the big evil drug, you right. know. Nancy Reagan. You smoke pot, your brain's on
1: The out of here, these people have no <laughs> clue. But uh how you. Now, a lot of people, once they get out. They end up going back in. I don't know the exact number. I can tell you that. Okay.
0: <laughs> the number is about 65% depending on where you leave the hole or prison from. Wow. Meaning if you leave from the hole, you, you're apt to go back to prison up, oh, up to 75%. That's crazy. Yes. Three Why is that out of five. so hot? Uh You are so – first of all, when I got out of prison, Sean, there's a great story. I could not – I couldn't even buy a cup of coffee. Mm. I got on a bus – they give you money. I had money in my pocket. I don't believe them, but I had money because money changed. So, you know, change meaning pictures and it had colors and no, wow. no, you never ever had that, that long. I was in there. It all changed. Jeez. So when I got out, they gave me my money at 250-something bucks or whatever it was. They give it to me. I go, Well, where do I cash it in? He goes, No, that's money. I go, don't <laughs> me, down. I don't trust them anyway. I said, Where's my money? Yeah. No, Lord, and that's real money. And, you know, money changed that dramatically. That's colors in it, big heads, uh, holding, uh, you know, uh, all these uh, holograms, all this shit. Yeah. Anyway, I accept it. I had what they call 25%, uh, $25 gate money to give you. I get to the bus stop, Sean. Mm-hmm. And I get in the bus, and they make sure you get there. And I sit next to a girl on the bus. I haven't seen a girl in this so long. <laughs> and I'm like, she's looking at me. I'm doing this. People think you're crazy. Well, I was in Shackles. I've been on Conair sixteen times, that plane. What's Conair? Conair is the, the prison transport plane. It was a movie about it. Conair was Nicholas Cage. It was a whole movie. But I was been on that federal plane for inmates sixteen, over sixteen times. And in in shackles, your legs are shackled with the chain and the belly wow. chain. I've been on that. And sometimes 16 hours, you know, 15 hours. You never left and have a black box. Jeez. So I'm free. I wanted to take a bus to the halfway house. I'm free. You know, I'm a happy guy. I look at the girl. I say to her, she had a razor flip phone. I say, hey, can I see that? Think of how that sounds today. Some guy sitting next to you. Goes, hey, can I see that? You, you, you know, well, she knows I'm, I look half nuts. <coughs> she gives me the phone. I'm thinking, how can these fat fingers touch these little buttons? Mm. I closed the phone, give it back to her, hung up on whatever she was doing. (laughs) Don't realize it. The next stop, she moved. Uh I had my whole own seat the whole trip. (laughs) People must have thought (laughs) I was crazy. But the bus driver says, "All right, let's go. You can get something to eat. We're gonna have 40 minutes. We're getting gas. Get something to eat." I'm thinking, get gas, something to eat. When I went to prison in '96. Mm -hmm. A gas station sold beer, it sold candy bars, cigarettes. No, this gas station we pulled in in 2007 had a subway, it had a food mart, and i go, wow, (laughs) and I don't know this, that fat fat guy, Jared, the guy's in prison, he belongs in prison, he's probably getting whacked there. (laughs) So, I go into the subway, because I want a subway sandwich, man, because every inmate will ever tell you, any guy who's been in prison... For over even over a year, Mm. you ask them what they miss most. or food. You know what they're gonna tell you? Food. Really? Absolutely. Wow. Everybody, because you know, less more. Food is something you don't get in prison. Right. You know, I mean, even in prison. But uh, it's not even the. It's you. Everybody. You ask any convict who gets out of prison, he's been done time like me. What do you miss? Food or food. Second, but yeah. (laughs) So. I get out. I'm online. I got money in my pocket. I want a Subway sandwich. I look up, Sean. I couldn't make a decision. Mm. I started shaking. Now I feel people looking at me. Wow. I left that line. I went on the bus. I was crying like a baby on the back of the bus. Whoa. I didn't eat for the whole time. It was 20-something hours. I did not eat. and I, I was so close to doing something to somebody to go back to prison. I was what they call institutionalized. Mm-hmm. Now, what, why I was institutionalized, let me give you a little hint. The average person today, you and me, Nick, you, these guys in the studio, these guys will make approximately 1,500 choices today we're all going to make. Mm-hmm. You got up, what you're going to put on, what you're going to wear, how many cups of coffee, oh, I want to stop at the 7-Eleven on the way, you know, the studio, whatever it is. The average inmate makes 100. Think of that. Mm-hmm. You make 100 choices a day for a decade. Now you're thrown into the real world. You have what they call sensory overload. Mm. You cannot process. I was never told. In fact, for the first few months, three months, in a prison. I ordered a McDonald's number one.
1: Oh, they had McDonald's in prison?
0: No, 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 no. When I got out. Oh, when you got out. Because I couldn't process a menu. Mm. I could, I'm intelligent, high IQ, all that. Got my degree, this. And you think I'm not institutionalized. Mm-hmm. You're institutionalized. I could not process uh, making that choice because you don't have to make choices. Wow! So it was very easy for me to say, I'll take a number one. Mm. In fact, one of my good friends broke me of that. Uh, <laughs> we would golf a lot. I'm a golfer. He buys me golf clubs, the whole works. So we'd go to lunch at the golf course, and I'd say, when, when a wait- waitress would come around, I'd say, I'll take what he takes you know after she goes i'll take that he's looking at me every day because he's <laughs> bland chicken it was no ch- it was god i mean you know it's the way he was yeah. he stops one day he says larry we're not leaving this table till you make you you read that menu and you make your choice mm. and the first thing i get offended like what do you think i can't read you, you know and, and, and he broke me i love the guy for any and i it took my time and i ended up i, I remember i had a burger with like you know cheese and bacon on
2: it
0: (laughs) that's why i'm a fat (laughs) but uh so it took me a long time to process things and people don't get why you know Mm. a lot of inmates don't need the help people think they need right they were all hustlers they all made money yeah but now deal with the real world
1: and i i actually do some of that help Mm. a lot of people do that do they offer when people get out of jail like therapy or anything (laughs) yeah yeah right okay
0: they got therapy here get (laughs) out of prison uh you know they say they they give it what they call i call it the to please the public the unknowing public Mm. they'll give you a pre-release class they'll say in your pre-release okay you gotta go get a driver's license and uh that that's it i mean you have to have a housing you have to have a job Mm. they don't talk about the things that are important how to process things. How to talk to a person that might piss you off. You can't stab them. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> you can't approach people the way you would in prison, mm-hmm. especially the prisons I was at. Right. You know, you go to a lower camp; it's a whole different animal. I'm not talking about those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about guys who did hard time, guys who did time, and you let them out. They're crazy. You talk about PTSD. Obviously, we all have PTSD, but it's just a way of processing things. You know, they're so able and probably going to snap and i often tell people you know why should we rehabilitate these people you know they murdered people they just i said let me explain here's why you should 95 or 96 percent of all people incarcerated getting out do you want the guy who's getting out to be living next to you has no hope Mm. and you're his next victim because you're gonna be he's gonna live next to somebody and if that guy don't give what doesn't care you know when things don't go well, he gets. He has food. He does this. He's gonna. He's to you and rob you because mm-hmm. you don't care. Or do you want the guy that gets out, has hope, he's trained, he's looking at things a little bit different. You know, he, he, you're not trying to put your foot on his neck as a government. We put the foot on their neck so quick. Listen, why can't they vote? Why kill so many things? You did your time. Mm-hmm. You know the difference between myself and most people. Now, I, don't get me wrong. I was a prisoner. I was a convict yeah. and I was a criminal. You didn't want to know me in those days. Yeah, uh, But people change, number one. But besides that, most people could go to prison for something.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you know, I tell everybody, you know, you commit a crime every day. You don't even know it mm. from jaywalking to taking a pencil out of the office. Right. There's crimes being committed. I'm not saying they're felonies and stuff like that. They are felonies. Te- technically, there's a lot of felonies. My point is did you know Sean? I don't know how fast you drive a car. You ever go 20 miles an hour over speed limit? I'm sure you do. For sure, yeah. I still do. <laughs> Did you know if you someone there that's vehicular homicide, you're going to prison?
1: Wow. I didn't know
0: that. Over one. 20 miles an hour. thats reckless endangerment, a vehicular homicide, you're going to prison. Mm. You made a bad choice. You're not a bad guy. Right. So, you know, we, and especially if you don't have money, you don't have a lawyer, you don't have the you know the right thing. Yeah. Well, you know, eh, that's another statistic. You know our whole system's broke.
1: I can, I, I told you I could be here for hours and hours. It's all pay to play, right? If you got money,
0: you're, yeah, you're going to be in that's better. That's shit. a great way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, you know, sadly, you don't see that congressman's kid going to prison like you do. Right. Some poor guy down the
1: street. They could get away with murder, probably.
0: Pretty much, you know. And I'm listen. No system's perfect. I love our country. I love our you know the structure of the United States. And I was a history nut, and I'm still am. Uh, it. It just needs to be repaired. It really needs to be fixed. Things are not the way they were 250 years, whatever years ago. Hmm. Uh, So a lot has to change, and it should change. At what point are we going to change? I don't know. I I, I won't see it. I hope your
1: generation does. We'll see. I want to touch up on the jewelry stuff because that's Uh what you're known for um so how did you get started with that like how old were you and walk me through that journey well you know i was the biggest jewel robber my first i was associated with the Gambino crime family in new york and
0: my first robbery was a setup mm. so the guy wanted the insurance money i had a still robber, legit i never talked to him the whole thing i knew where everything was going to be mm. i knew who was going to be in the store and everything of that nature and i walked away with 150 grand in my pocket wow what age uh wow 27 okay 27. that's a lot of money. By your
1: age now yeah but back then that's a lot of money. a lot of money this yeah. is 90s you're like a millionaire back then
0: oh uh, <laughs> yeah i was crazy so i said wait a minute this is good i could do this mm. sure enough no this was in the 80s that was mm. the so i said okay i could do this i started doing my own and I got better and better at it. And I become I robbed over 20 stores, 15, 18 million. Jeez. Uh, that time money.
2: Yeah. Imagine what it is
0: today. It's like a hundred mil now. <laughs> <laughs> But uh listen, I, I wasn't a good guy. I don't I don't want people to think that I don't it was an exciting time. It is what it is. People say, Do you regret it? I don't regret anything in life. Mm. Things happen for reasons. Right. I wouldn't be sitting with you. Wouldn't be out. Maybe I'd have be been shot. Maybe I'd get hit by a car. Who knows? Mm. Things happen for a reason. Would I do it different? Absolutely. Obviously, Bill Gates at the time was the richest man in the world. And They asked him, Do you would you do the same things? He goes, No. I know where my mistakes were. Mm. Why would I do the same exact thing? Right, right. He goes, obviously we would change, but you can't. So you can't regret it. You learn from them. And that's what I try to teach young people. Mm. But I, I rob stores from Florida to Connecticut, up and down the East Coast. Not in New York. I wasn't allowed. Because mm, uh, of the mafia? Yeah, mob. Right. And uh, so from Connecticut all the way to, to Florida, so many robberies. Tied up 100 people. Whoa. Uh, you know, I wasn't a good guy. I didn't I didn't pistol whip people. I didn't hurt them in the robbery physically. Okay. But you do hurt people. I put a gun in your face. Get down! Get down! You know, you know, that, Mentally, that's, that's trauma, man. Right. That's trauma. But... People say, oh, you should never get free for that. I said, hold on. Get over it, too. Mm-hmm. People got to get over We all get faced with a lot of in life. Mm-hmm. Well, the strong survive. You got to get over things, man. Right. You, know, you try to help them. You try to do the right thing. Would I do it? No. But I can't sit and say, uh, oh, my God, I should go to hell for it. I'm going to hell anyway. So I am mean, leaving <laughs> that. Uh, but uh, everybody in life, everybody, all of us, have to just take whatever we did move on with it and get better
1: for it right so what's the most expensive diamond you stole and how much planning went into that good questions uh most expensive single diamond probably one
0: hundred fifty thousand. but i i robbed the whole store you know when i when i robbed the store the guy's out of business i mean he liked me it's a fact you know the, the, the store owners didn't hate me because They have insurance, insurance man. They sold the whole store in one right. shot, they got out of the business. They got it, even if they didn't, they got a lot more than they would have had. They had a piece of jewelry on their shelf for two years, sold, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, uh, they, they're not the ones uh, that hated me. So, individual piece of 150 stores, a million three, million four, mm. you know, whatever it was. And then, as far as some of them took three weeks, four weeks, a month to plan, wow. to case, to do. You know, when you when you rob a jewel, I was a professional. There wasn't a thing they could do to stop me. I could rob one today. I tell people that all the time. Really? Yeah, absolutely. They I didn't walk.
1: increase their security at all?
0: You know, I I, I speak sometimes at insurance uh, uh, places to show them how. My uh, assistant, Nick, who drives, I have a big RV as well. He thinks I'm the relapse because I, I look at that jewelry store. <laughs> and I say, you know, I can I can, could totally hit that. <laughs> uh, they do the things, same thing, stupid human beings makes human mistakes. Right. Uh, and I, I I would know when the sun rises, sun sets, how the angle of the sun hit the window so nobody could come in, where the mailman was, where the police were in the area, when the deliveries were done. Every employee, where they lived, when they come in, when they took break, who they were, if they had, you know, I knew every piece. If most of my robberies were in a plaza, mm. you know, with a with an anchor store like a Publix or a mm. uh, you know a, a big store. I don't know what they have for grocery stores, Walmart, whatever it is. It's in a plaza, and the reason being, it's busy. Mm. Well, you can sit in case that store for days. Nobody's gonna know anything. They think you're just waiting for your wife, right? You know, who's going shopping. Yeah. And I'd read the paper, but I knew every little thing of that plaza. Wow, that you can even imagine. Then that's just before you even do the robber. Mm-hmm. Then you have to go in and make sure that the, where it is, the numbers, where the cameras, I knew every piece. That was my business, you know, and that's right. why I was a professional. Wow. A matter of fact, the FBI caught me, you know, a guy named Matt Mullen. He's since passed. He says, man, I'm retiring. You would have been major case. Squad. He goes, you were the best I've ever seen do it. No way. Yeah. Wow. He goes, I was looking for you for six years. This is no hate there. You know I mean? And, uh, I just it, it, I was upset and I didn't hate him he, that was his job his nice job yeah uh, I was upset I I am I am so ADD as it is right and so what you call OCD and all those freaking acronyms <laughs> there are I mean I will hyper focus on something crazy or I don't care if the I could be talking to you in my office <laughs> and there could be a battery that's being charged in the thing and I, in the middle I'm going to get that battery out of it I don't know. I'm, I'm I, You know, everything has to, I, I'm i so focused on everything around right. me. It's just, and that's what I would do with robberies. And you'd have to know everything about that, Sean. Did if any of your robberies did. not go to plan and you had to adopt? Well, you know, the last one where we were shot and I was shot, my brother was shot. I went through my head Jeez. into him and bullets still in him. But not that one. The big one. I was going to do a $12 million robbery mm. in the Fountain Blue Hotel on Miami Beach. Mm. It was called an H. Stern Jewelers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, an H. Stern Jewelers, uh, I planned this out. We were going to put dynamite on the owner, keep his family kidnapped at home. Wow. And if he said anything, I was going to walk him in before the, the guards come in. We were going to open up. We are going to take all the diamonds. $12 million. I already called my guys in New York, made sure I could get rid of the $12 million. Mm. It would have been big. I would have been leaving the country. My end would have been about four million. Wow! Back then, yeah, that's crazy. That's like a ten, twelve, maybe whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's a retirement job. the The robbery went down to, uh, we were about to kidnap them. Thank God I didn't, because everything's fate. Kidnapping is no statute of limitations. Really? So if I would have ever did that, there's no way, you know, wow. uh, it would have been over over forever for life. We were in the bushes, ready to go. And a dog from another person walking went crazy mm. and kind of spotted us. Somebody knew something, so we got out of there. And I f-ed the whole robbery that minute. Whoa! That minute, on the way, I said, just because of the dog, things didn't feel right. You know, I was the boss, so was, I said, it's over. We're not doing wow. it. Wow! And we and I invested probably money and time in three weeks, four weeks of. Of planning and, and casing and everything of this H2. I used to sit in the lobby of the Fountain Blue Hotel, you know Mount Miami Beach. Yeah. I'd have my shorts on or a bathing suit, like I was a <laughs> guest there and everything. Sit at the bar and I'm watching that store. I knew every little piece when that security guard left and we were gonna when, when he'd come in, who he was, you know, they had two and when they rotated, that would have been a good job too. That was my that would have been a signature job for sure. Man, so you would have been out the country? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> You're damn right. I would have yeah. been. Uh, I planned that. Matter of fact, the guys I, I dealt with said, uh, we'll give you $2 million when you bring it up. And we'll work out the other $2 million in a couple months. Wow. You know, I trusted them, obviously. Yeah. So that would have been no problem to do that. And, uh, you know, it, looking back, fate-wise, I'm glad it didn't happen, of course. Yeah. Because a lot of a lot of things should have went wrong. You put dynamite on somebody. And it was fake dynamite. Oh, but it's it's still, oh, yeah, we had the the sticks. It looked just like dynamite <laughs> with a with a clock and all works. And we're going to put it on in front of his wife and say, this guy's going to wait here with a walkie-talkie. If he doesn't hear from me, he's going <laughs> to your wife and kids. And, and I'm taking you. And if you even, like, you wave down a cop, I'm going to get out of the car and hit this button, and you're going to blow up. Mm. I mean, we... It, <sighs> That was some crazy. I thought of every scenario, what he could do, what he couldn't do. Don't try to say something because if he don't hear from me in thirty seconds, he's gonna hear from me every minute. Or right. you b- your wife and leave. So even if I get caught, your wife and kid are dead. Jeez. I mean, wow, that was a crazy. Man. But I had every single little piece of that down. Mm-hmm. But it didn't happen, and thank God. Wow. It didn't so you even had like backup plans if this happened. Oh, oh, I'm p- the uh, exits exit routes i mean yeah, alternate exit route in case mm. something happened it was an accident on that route oh you know i was a professional i wasn't a right. smash and grab kid going in and getting the Rolexes. you know yeah when i went in i took the whole store
1: Jeez. it was the whole store that's wild. did you ever get pulled over after a robbery no no even had that covered but no, <laughs> that's insane, no i
0: never got pulled over and you know had changed plates had fake plates had and then put back to regular place the first thing and I mean You thought out
1: everything. We
0: really did. What about phones? Were you worried they get tapped? No, uh matter of fact you couldn't use phones weren't as as common back then. Oh, okay. Obviously this is in that even up to when I went to prison. Matter of fact, I was one of those guys that had the first cell phone, I had one with a strap on it, with a, like a box, looked like a walkie talkie from mm-hmm. G. I. Joe with a line. Then they came out with the Motorola.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you guys wouldn't even know that. It was a big brick phone. I used to beat people with that phone. <laughs> and then I could make a phone call. I should do a commercial for them. Because uh, it was a heavy, heavy, like big, it's called the brick, a yeah. Motorola brick. Uh, then, of course, you know, the phone's evolved to what it is today. It's unbelievable. You know, yeah. I have no idea. I'm done. Life. You know? <laughs> I'm I'm 61. If I live to 80, I got 19, 10, 19 18, 19 years left. Mm-hmm. And that's me not being morbid, I always tell everybody. You, you're 26. You got 60 years left. Think of for that. 100. If you go to 100 years old, you got 80 years left. Uh, you know? Going for yeah? Do you want 100? My mom is 90. Wow. She's 90 and doesn't take a piece of medicine. See, Not that money. that I would want. I wouldn't want to be like you know. Eh, she can't get around, so I okay. lose her mind a little bit. But she's still great. You know, I take care of. her. I actually moved to Florida to take care of my mom. Wow. Not Florida, actual the town I'm in, mm. and moved to take care of built the whole studio in the house and, i mean in the garage took it over nice. big studio and just just to take care of my mom it's
1: awesome so you care yeah. a lot about family
0: yeah you know that's the hardest part when i went to prison my daughter was 15 months old i got out she was 13 mm. my son was seven i got out and he's 18 did they forgive you yeah i mean it took a while but they visited me they never really had to forgive me it wasn't like uh my daughter said some things that are rough. Now I have grandkids, of course, nice. but uh, the uh, I would say forgive, yes. Uh, but it's rough because you have to still be a parent. You have to discipline. You have to do whatever. Right. Even though they were older, I'm still the father. I come from that old-time school, You know, the respect, certain things, and you understand what I mean, for yeah. parent-wise. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's not easy, but I have a great relationship with my kids.
1: That's awesome. Larry it's been a blast man what's <laughs> next for you and what are you trying to promote well you know promote I do so much with my program my parenting program
0: a my reality check program the book coming out in August is huge mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's already people are finding it I'm just I got internet people doing it as we speak and they're finding it and buying it already mm. Pre, it's on pre-release Wow! so it, it's a great book and you can go to my website realitycheckprogram.com they can go there and just hit the store and you'll find the book. Uh, that's the new book coming out. And my other book, Gangster Redemption, is still going crazy. Mm. And that's a crazy ride. How Literally, people can read that book and know how to rob a Jewish store, <laughs> But they also can know what's going to happen to them in prison from the tortures, Because right. it all goes in there. Mm. The book has me from my young days robbing cars as a kid to... Being who you know who I am today. It's raw. I love yeah.
1: it. So, man, I want to thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, you were great, man. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Digital Social Hour. I'll see you next time.